Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. Uh, glad you're here. I'm Steve Kramer. You, uh, today's going to be a little bit different of a show. I'll explain it why here in a couple of seconds, but it's still going to be good. still going to be good. Really quick before we get the show started with my mom, uh, I, we are up again for the podcast magazine Hot 50, which is this uh, very prestigious podcasting magazine where last month you guys voted us the biggest, 15th biggest podcast in the country. And so I'm wondering, could we just get that number down? Do we get like 14 or 13 or make some progress? And if you want to go vote for that, I really appreciate that i'll put it in the show notes or you can just google podcast magazine hot 50 it'll come up that way too but i really appreciate it as we're trying to grow the show get some more attention get some more listeners and so every little thing that we can win stuff like that it's awesome so thank you so much for doing that okay hi mom hi honey man today's show is going to be a little bit different i uh like last night when i started to produce the show up so we recorded everything and then i took a little bit of a nap and then Woke up and ate dinner, and like about an hour later, I started feeling so crappy. Mm. Uh, and then the symptoms that come with feeling crappy started kicking in. Uh, let's see how to describe this on the podcast. Um, things just weren't staying in. Okay, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was up most of the night, and now today I just can't even like keep my head up. Mm-hmm. So. I, we're not going to do a full episode today, but it was funny because, uh, you know, right now I'm trying to be really cautious of everything that I'm spending, right? Like I'm, I'm watching every dollar that comes in, every dollar that goes out, right? Yeah. Well, that wasn't until about one thirty last night when I was like, I was feeling so crappy and I'm like, I'm going to go to Walgreens because I got to get some like Pepto-Bismol and hmm. just something to like, cause I couldn't sleep. And, uh, you would have thought it was like supermarket sweet in there. I was just, I was going through just grabbing anything off the shelves that I could like, <laughs> Pepto-Bismol, Gatorade, Imodium AD. I spent $36 on stomach stuff because I'm just like, I've got to feel better. I got to feel better. So uh, today, sorry, is also going to be another weird episode. Um, we'll try to get back on track for tomorrow. I, didn't, I know, Mom, you've got a quote, though. I do. And honey, you're allowed to be sick. When no, I'm, sick. I'm really upset about it, to be honest with you. It's like such well, a big week and like I just don't have time to be sick right now. So, Well, I, you have to take time to take care of yourself. I know. I know. It's the first, time, me- first day we've taken off, but I just mm. don't – I don't like that. Like, I feel it's like we had okay. such good momentum going, but – It's okay. So the quote today is find something that you are passionate about and making a difference and you'll find a waiting kinship of people – Willing to unite for the cause. No. And I was thinking about that as certainly as it related to um, Rainbow Village and all the people that were so generous, but also about us and this podcast. Right. About how anytime you put out a case to support someone, whether it's the nurses or it's Black Lives Matter or whatever it is, people rise to the occasion. And that is so wonderful because we all can make a difference and we don't have to do anything, you know, huge. It's the small things that we do, like contributing to causes that we care about, being a good friend, being Mm -hmm. a good neighbor, being a good parent, being a good friend, 
reaching out to people. We make a difference to people every single day by the small things that we do. So I just don't want us to underestimate those because I was kind of beating myself up a little bit today about that. About what? About not making a difference. I I went on um, LinkedIn and I saw where a former colleague of mine was starting a new nonprofit. She's, you know, three or four years younger than me. And I was like, dang, and now I'm retired. Maybe I should start a new cro- a, no- a nonprofit. Like, what am I doing to to really make a difference in the world? And then I sat back and I thought about all of your wonder wonderful listeners and how they just contribute to everything that you ask them to. Yeah. And how we're all kindred spirits around serving others. Uh, and you've got um, a you've got a nonprofit right here. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I've always a low, been a nonprofit. Always profit, been a nonprofit. Profit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. I like that quote. It's a lot. I think that, yeah. yeah, if you really passionately believe in something like with this, you know, even just coming on here and being so doubtful for so many, so many months, and then you guys just show up. I feel like if you're passionate and you get the right people behind you, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's really a way for us to say thank you for supporting this, even on sick days. Uh, yes. I really appreciate that. We yes. won't do any whoop whoops today. We'll catch back up with that tomorrow. I just don't have it in me. Um, we <laughs> real quick though, don't forget that on Monday we're gonna have a uh, what we'll part two of the Margarita Fest, and part two is just so juicy and scandalous. And so, if you want to hear it right now, you can text the word fans F A N S to eight 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 Kramer eight 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 K R A M E R eight. And don't forget too, there's brand new merch in our merch store. We've got a hoodie, uh, mm-hmm. and we've got a a onesie. Uh, both really selling well. Uh, the onesie selling even better. So it's cute. I think it's a great gift. It could be great for your baby. Uh, so if you have not put your order in for those yet, make sure you do because by the end of the week, I'm going to have to start putting everything in production and then I can only, only going to get so many. So I need to know how many people are going to want one. So right. uh, yeah, just get over to merch, M E R C H. Uh, just text that word to 888 Kramer8 or you can uh, just scroll down to the show notes. Okay. I got to go. <laughs> That's how okay. it got me today. So Okay. Honey, I love you. feel better. All right. Loving you forever. And when we get back, uh, thankfully, my friends Holly and Miguel, you know Holly and Miguel, right? My very first radio show, we used to do a moment Kramer history with them. Uh, I was just on their podcast last week, and they were nice enough to allow me to grab that audio and play it for you. So I want you to go support their podcast, and you'll see, man, it's always a wild story with those two. And that's next. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Okay, what you're going to hear right now is uh, an interview from the uh, Miguel and Holly Uncensored. And I hope that you'll go and you will follow their podcast. They had me on there the other day. These are two of my old co-hosts that I started back with in 2008. And we always have wacky, zany stories. And they were nice enough since I'm just kind of under the weather today to just take that interview and use it on this podcast. So go support theirs too because it is really good. It's really funny. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. And I'll put that link down in the show notes too because these are my buddies and we can support them. I want to make sure we do it too. But here's an interview that we did last week with those guys. But I do want to shift gears real quick on the podcast because I feel like over the past couple of days, um, we've been bringing up lots of different memories uh, from the past with Holly and I. And I felt like we could not go on vacation without giving this person their due justice in defending themselves. Oh, yay! And also, I want to promote the project that they're working on now. So please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Stephen Kramer! Wow. Okay, I love how you guys clap now because for the past, what, five years on this podcast, all you've done is shit on me constantly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we do. Hey, but you know, I I feel like whenever we tell a story from the past, though, we always follow it up with, He's great. He's he's doing so well. You you literally will sit there and you'll spend like 10 minutes just telling the most horrid stories about me. The the things like, I think you know that I'm listening. So you're like, shit, if he listens, he's going to get his feelings hurt. Let me just say, he's different now. He's changed. He's a new person. (laughs) He was a real dick back then. Let me tell you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. So, well, before we get to the dickish part, (laughs) uh, um, No, I do. I wanted to say, though, because I've been watching you and we've chatted a a little bit on how you have taken a shitty situation to where you were at the top of your game in San Diego. And I believe Mm -hmm. we talked about it on the show, on the podcast when it happened, because we were like, how crappy is this that you are just at the top of your game, there is nothing wrong, and then you just get let go. Yeah. And I saw that uh, this morning when I woke up, you posted that you got, like, your last check uh, from the previous company you used to work with, and now Mm -hmm. you're just on your own, which would normally, and I'm sure it's very scary, but your podcast, though, that you have been doing has just exploded. How's that going? Well, I, I, it's probably, honestly, it's probably radio karma because <laughs> most, of, most of the stories that Holly reminds me how terrible I am, I'm probably, it, it, was, it was my own. It was my own karma coming back at me. Mm. Um, I, no, it's, it's weird because life, you just never know. I, I, I never expected to get fired. I mean, literally when I got let go, I was, we were like a number one show. I just gotten this, this big ratings bonus and everything was just seemed like it aligned. Yeah. Right. But, uh, it's and like, listen, cause I listen to you guys all the time now. And Holly and I actually, I think align more than ever now when we're getting to all this like spirituality stuff. And <laughs> isn't that weird? Like how it's really weird. weird is that? <laughs> we're like on the same damn page now. Like why couldn't that happen about a decade ago? Whatever. You know. <laughs> We would have the most calm Zen morning show because it would have been so boring. Think how boring that would have been, right? No fun at all. So, I mean, I always say this. I actually just did another podcast the other day, and he he was asking me the same question of, like, how how did you plan this? And, oh, I can't imagine all the, 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 you know, the thought process that must have gone into this. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I literally feel like, this podcast is doing me, which sounds weird, but go with me nice. on it. Like, I feel like, like, I, mean, like <laughs> I, I, 
I have no idea how it happened. I have no idea how it became so successful, but I'm just kind of going with it because it's been such a crappy couple of years. So well, I'm yeah, like, this is fine. But I it's think fine. you're not giving yourself enough credit because you are good at a lot of different things that can lead to uh, the success of this podcast. So you're really good at the art of marketing and teasing and all that stuff on the back end. You can do digital stuff like you're a graphic design wizard. Like you have all these skills that when you put the put them all together, it gives you something that you don't feel like is anything of your doing, but you're actually secretly really good at this stuff. So I just well, feel like you I don't give yourself enough, uh, enough credit. I think it's because for so many years, uh, we as radio personalities have just been told or made to feel like, well, you know, you're replaceable. Mm, like, you know, you're, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not that good. Like, what, right. like, what skill do you really have? Right. You know, like, right. Oh yeah, I feel like that. Georgia Southern. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But then you you kind of take control of the situation, and you're like, okay, well, I, I don't know that I necessarily need this tower in the sky mm. to get the same kind of product out there. So, I mean, I literally just dove in. I'm three and I'm a half months into it. Uh, I've made about $14 from the whole thing, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason you need a tower is to get a paycheck. But if you don't mind being poor, mm. uh, it's really, it's really fun to do a podcast. What do you think has been the biggest challenge in doing a daily podcast by yourself well you do it with your mom because it's called certified mama's boy um what's been the biggest challenge in doing it uh well when your co-host is your mom who has no (laughs) (laughs) no no training whatsoever but she's so sweet though this is like the world's sweetest lady Mm -hmm. like just getting the getting the technology right every day it literally is a text conversation we record about two in the afternoon and it's literally like me being like, hey, mom, you ready? And she's like, yep. And I'm like, okay, cool. Send so the email. She's like, I didn't get it. I'm like, mom, I sent a check again. She's like, I didn't get it. I'm like, check again. She's like, okay, I got it. Let me log in. I can't log in. Like, what's the password? Oh, like, well, it's literally about 15 minutes just, just to get the, the technology part of it right. Uh, but honestly, it's, it's – uh, I don't know. It's so much different. I mean, you guys, I'm sure you guys feel it from doing your uncensored podcast. Like, I don't listen to your radio show. Right. Because I feel like the – the difference, the authenticity, but I'm sure your listeners of this podcast feel the same way. Like what they get on here is so much different than what they get on the radio. Oh yeah. We see it in the comments all the time of people that are like, I feel like I get to know the real you on the podcast. And I'm always like, well, that is by design because you can't get to know someone in three and four minute burst. And then two Ariana Grande and (laughs) Harry Styles songs like it, hold on, I will tell you this crazy thing that happened in my life after I play five minutes of commercials. Like, no one talks like that in real life, and so it is entertainment, but I feel like the podcast is where you truly get to know our innermost thoughts and feelings. But why do you think, it, you guys would actually be, because I, I, I good people to ask this, because I found myself the other day, I'm, I'm like recording this national idea of a show uh like a radio show and so i hopped on and did this test show with two other radio people oh. and i found myself instantly hopping back in like hey, everybody you know, <laughs> like i haven't done that shit in months yeah. for some reason when you get a bunch of radio people in a room right. all of a sudden it's just the i don't even know what it brings out in us but it brings out like the worst the yuck, yuck. character 
of us, the yuck yuck of of everything. Like, why do we do that? Well, we've been it's been ingrained in us. Yeah. That's how you do uh, top forty radio or or whatever radio. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's been ingrained. Well, and I think too that we have a hard time as radio people, unlike other entertainers, in being truly authentically ourselves. Because I mean, we learned from the very beginning of be yourself plus ten percent, which is true. Yeah. But I do feel like when you look at someone who, like Howard Stern, for example, like I never listen to his older stuff, but I every now and then when he has like a good interview, I'll pop in and listen. And I notice, and I think he's even said this in interviews, that like he's just a calm dude who's very curious about people. And that's what makes his interviews so interesting. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then he felt like I had to be a character. I had to right. say the most exciting things. Yeah. And so I feel like for us, and we'll transition a little bit into like what we used to do back in the day, is we always thought, and what radio people think is, in order for people to be interesting, interested in us, we have to say the craziest, we have to be the loudest, <laughs> we've got to yell, we've got to be, well, and talk about the most outrageous things. There's ratings on the other line. Yeah. Right. And That's people are true. telling you, you better keep people listening or there will be no ratings and you will not be paid and you will be fired. Right. Uh, so it's like we were trained like monkeys to be like, oh my God, look at me! Right. And it's like, right. that's that's what you do. That's why we have to do it this way. And you have to have a shtick and you have to like pull people in. And then also it takes a long time to develop a personality. Mm-hmm. So if you, you're talking about uh, doing like something with other radio people, you, it's like you only have one shot. You better make it count. Right. And you That's don't true. have time to build up a personality. Mm-hmm. What's your funniest go? Right. Right. Mm, well, I think it. what 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 people that you don't realize because people think we just kind of come in a room and talk and that's it. But like what you're doing behind the scenes is they're like, okay, well here's your character. This is what you are, right? Mm-hmm. Miguel, you're uh, you're gay and you're wacky and you're zany and Kramer, you're a dick and you're married and so everything you think about kind of comes through that funnel. You're like, well, yeah. oh, shit, I got to be a dick today. Right. I mean, we're doing the the St. Jude marathon, but I still got to be a dick. <laughs> kids or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> How to be me. I mean, honestly, it's taken me months just to learn how to be me in front of a microphone. And it's been mm. the weirdest thing. Like, even just to say my real name and, like, not have extreme anxiety of, like, people being, like, figuring it out. I don't know. But I say this a lot, too, and I don't know if you guys agree to it, that, like, we all hated ourselves so much that it was kind of nice to be somebody else. Would you agree with that theory? Like to, to be this radio personality that was so beloved and because all of us kind of came from a similar background of not yeah. being the like the coolest and most popular and everything else. And to me, at least, and what I've talked to a couple different radio friends about, it's just, nobody in radio is cool. Like you have to realize that right. there's not one cool person. No. Oh, my God. I'm the most boring crotchety person ever that I feel like I always had to let the best parts of myself shine through. But I think as I've gotten older uh, and especially I think what's really helped is having Scott on the show because I always felt like I needed to be like that shiny beacon of positivity, (laughs) which, hey, guess what? Humans are complex and they're complicated. And so whenever we would have these conversations of who is your character, Miguel? Well, I'm positive and I'm happy-go-lucky. 
But I also don't like to talk to people a lot. I also like to be alone by myself. And I don't right. like to do a lot of things. But, like, we can't talk about that because people won't no. like you. They won't gravitate they want towards you. They want two character descriptions. Right. You got to fit right. in that box. And I will say to your point about, you know, we sort of hated ourselves. I don't know for me if it was hate so much as... I had no idea who I was. Yes, period. I will agree with right. that. I had no right. idea. I mean, I came from a country radio background doing midday, so all I'm doing is seg- segging, you know, Kenny Chesney to Toby Keith, <laughs> and I didn't even like country, so I had to pretend that I did for a long time until I started to like it. But then moving down to Florida and trying to adapt, I was like huge culture shock for me, not only that, because I was, you know, <laughs> going into the South, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it. Right. Um, I just, I didn't. I was so young. I had no idea who I was, what I stood for, and the things that I did think I stood for or who I was. I didn't fucking know. I had no idea. So we were, like, literally just doing the best we could. Yeah. It could have just been, like, a thing of our 20s. I mean, we kind of grew up on the radio in some pretty formative years, and so maybe that's just my – everyone could go through that, but we just did it kind of in front of everybody. But so I do a segment, it's a nice little plug for me. Uh, every Wednesday I'll do a segment called a moment in Kramer history. And what I do is literally go through the archives of our Panama city show, me, Holly and Miguel and Mandy. And like, I look back and I listen to back to some of this stuff and I'm like, can I do a quick aside because we did um Stephen what do we do a couple was it how long ago a couple weeks ago we talked about that the death of intern Jeremy yes yes like we go ahead well I was just gonna say I tried to explain it to Scotty like that same week and I'm like so here's kind of what we did (laughs) and the more I'm saying it the more I was like I don't even want yeah. to be telling this story. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, like, just, there's so many stories that, like, do not translate. Most of the stories don't translate well at all. Like, yeah. they just, they don't, they did not, they did not pass, like, the border of 2016. Nope. Like, everything, it, just, it was very early, uh, late, what, 20 is 2000s, I mean? It just, yeah. I mean, Scott, imagine, imagine, I, I just want to know what Scott would say. Like, imagine that Holly and Miguel come to you and they're like, okay, listen. Like we, we really need to get some ratings. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go on Instagram and we're going to do a black and white photo of you. Okay. And we're going to be like, RIP Scott. All you have to do do is go sit in your, in your house the whole weekend, but don't worry about money. It's going to be cleared up. Don't tell your family. We're just going to act like you died. It's no big deal. What what would you have said? Would you have done it? Cause I feel like some people are like, so gung-ho about radio, they would just go along with it. But, like, what would your reaction be in 2020 about that? Oh, my. I think if it was right now, absolutely not. Because yeah. I could see right away, like, my grandma and grandpa would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> and my mom would be driving over here to St. Uh, Pete, freaking Jesus. out. That would just be dangerous for everybody. That would be horrible. D- dangerous. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like, would the police not be involved? Like, what the actual <laughs> hell? Actually, Holly, that's a good point. Why did no, like, authority contact us and be like, I don't think we That's a good question. Why didn't y'all hear from the police? Well, you know what? Our time was not too long before we did hear from the police later about (laughs) another bit, so it's whatever. But, like, yes, I don't know. And I think my only reasoning for that is because social media wasn't as big then, and it was... I'm pretty sure we were talking about MySpace. So. Yeah, because that was before I got there. So, because I, I remember being right. in Savannah and seeing that on y'all's MySpace and being like, wait, what happened to this Jeremy kid? What's Nobody going answered, on? did Jeremy. you? No, yeah. no, no, no. And it wasn't until I actually got there a few months later and y'all were like, guess what we did? Ah, so funny. 
Ooh. And I was like, Ooh. that is cool. Yeah. Oh, the things we did. The things we did. Well, I, I know that they literally, they, they make me seem like the world's biggest villain. Uh, I don't think there's been a, <laughs> a positive story told about me on this podcast ever. No, uh, hold on. But... There may have been one. There was that time. Yeah. That... Could have been a... No, it wasn't. I don't think it was. You gave me that shirt when we did our first photo shoot together as a morning show. But you never let me forget that you gave me the shirt. But you gave me the shirt because I didn't have any nice shirts. So that was nice. Didn't he also give you some like bedroom furniture, but then kept asking for the money back? And you never gave the money back. Did Miguel ever pay you for those drawers and the mattress? Oh, God. No. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. How did I even start? I don't even remember how that story started, but it was something. Did I, did I give it to you or did I give you money for it? Or how did that work? No, I don't even remember. So it was when we lived together because Kramer and I lived together for about two months when I graduated college um, in Savannah. And then that May we moved in together. And then that August you got the job in Panama City. And you were like, well, I'm going to buy new stuff when I get there. And so you gave me, I think, like your mattress and like a desk and the side tables or whatever. And so then like a year and a half later, I moved to Panama City and we're doing the show together. And I don't remember exactly how it came up, but I just remember because I remember my mom called me after that because she was listening and she was like, I'm going to call him. I'm how dare he? (laughs) I don't remember what we were talking about, but I just remember you were like we were on the air and you were like who gave you that desk who gave you that side yeah. table I do yeah. who that. gave you I do. I do remember and that. i was like yikes you did yeah you did and then it was like that i think then you realized how far it, it had got, gone it had gotten a little too awkward <laughs> and it was just like yeah. and then literally it was just like all right well coming up next uh holly's got the uh e-buzz uh <laughs> I mean, that's not even the worst. I, Holly, this story goes back before you. Back in college, I remember. Miguel, <laughs> you know where this is I going. I know. Yep. So, yep. Miguel and I have been friends since college. We met, and you were, I think, a year younger than me, right? That's yeah. Like, this was like 05, 06. Yeah. <laughs> and so Miguel comes up to the radio station. He's all bright eyed and bushy tail, all so excited to get into radio. And I'm all excited about radio. We've become good friends. And he. Uh, I think what, what did we all go see a movie? Is that what it was, Miguel? Yeah, because I was doing the night show, and you were like, "Why don't y'all take the night off?" There's like it was maybe like Saw or something, one of those movies that it was like a scary movie everyone in college wanted to go see. And you were like, well, I'll pay for everyone's tickets, and then you'll just pay me back so we can get in and get a seat. And so mm-hmm. Kramer paid for all of our tickets. It was like three of us. We went to go see the movie. Everything was fine. And then it was like, I didn't see you or I didn't have money or something. But like we didn't. It was me and my co-host at the time, Jamie Lynn. Um, and what was the, what did the movie ticket cost back then? Five bucks? Six yeah, bucks, it was it wasn't, you know. probably yeah five, six dollars. And yeah. I remember being in class and getting a text from Kramer that was like, if I don't have my money by five o'clock, y'all are not going on the radio. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I was like. I literally was like, I will come up there and I will shut the transmitter off. If you withhold my payments any longer. Holy <laughs> and like, by the way, how old were you at that point? Uh, I mean, what? Uh, 19, 20, 19, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. So 19 year old kid going to just keep somebody else. That's also a student. <laughs> and you can go shut the transmitter off. Okay. 
Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's the problem with college radio is literally they gave a, a, a bratty-ass 19-year-old uh, the ability to go shut down an FM transit. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? Why is that even an option? I don't even know why now, you give me that kind of power. This is what I'm curious about. So, like, we laugh about these situations back then, but, I mean, like, honestly, back then, like, we were all just in this big threesome of crazy back then. What do you? Well, yeah, because you know what? Hang on, let me let me pause you for one second. Oh, oh, come on, (laughs) Stephen Kramer, tell me, honey. I (laughs) you you don't hear those stories on the podcast. You don't hear about the three crazy people. All you hear about is the one crazy guy that's not in the room. (laughs) Oh no! Did you not hear my story the other day from when I slammed down a stool and then slammed the doors in a in a fit of rage? Did you not also grasp that I told that story? If I. I, I mean, I was by far the king of crazy, um, but I don't want anyone listening to this podcast thinking that these two little innocent bystanders were just, <laughs> just sitting there, just 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 taking their taking their punishment. I mean, I feel like I was the sanest person out of everyone in really? the room back then. No, you I'm were just, just the saying. best at covering it up. Yeah, I'm about to say, like, I just didn't like confrontation. You just so. did not ever get pushed yep. so far to have an outburst. That's no, I, no, because my... There were no outbursts from Miguel. No, because it takes me a very, 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 very long time to finally get to that point. Um, but I'm curious, though, like, what do you think led you to be that person? Because obviously you've grown so much since then. What do you think was the motive or what what made you make those sort of decisions back then? I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know why I made them. I think I just got tired of fighting. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, uh, I think I got all my like lifetime of fights out in like the first like, you know, first 25 years of my life. Mm. I mean, I think it was a lot of different things. I think that I had something to prove. And I mean, to. Actually, I was going to ask this question, too, about because what I'm hearing now through listening to your podcast is this common theme of like, oh, Miguel gets kind of bossy sometimes, and Miguel is this. Now, Miguel, when I knew him, Miguel was not bossy. Like, Miguel was very much the people pleaser. He would never boss anybody around. So what I'm kind of curious is, and Holly, you, you would know this best, is how has Miguel changed since now he is kind of the, the ringleader and has to kind of make sure that everything goes smooth, how has his personality changed when it comes to leading the group? Huge change. I mean, mm. like 180 from Miguel Fuller that existed in like 2008, just mm, right. not the same person, much like none of us are the same person. Right. And I mean, mm-hmm. if I had to take a psychological profile on you, Stephen, to do a quick detour, mm-hmm. I mean, you were very young. The lead right. of this show was put on you. And so, and by the way, we had no guidance. Right. And I've said no. this before, like Chris Allen was kind of young himself and had also been sort of through a bender or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's not like leading the charge. He, mm-hmm. he just let us do what we wanted. So, Y'all, we literally killed our intern yeah. on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And didn't like, get any sort of repercussion or, like, reprimand for that. Right. We, and we became the number one show in that city. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. 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 So the more success we had, the more it reinforced that you were doing the right thing. And I it think probably. it was mm. a lot of stuff. And you have to look back at 
And now that I'm so like psychologically aware, you have to look back at what had happened to you as you grew up and like who you were as a kid and a teenager and all this other stuff and any other sort of mental issues that you may have been working through that you didn't even know about. So, well, I, I think I was never told no. I mean, Mm. another plug for my podcast. I mean, my mom literally is the nicest woman. Right. On the face of the earth. Yes, she is. And I think that that was like the first time that I was in control and I wasn't used to people saying no to me and I wasn't used to, and I had so much pressure to get it right. Yeah. Like I knew exactly the show I wanted to put on and I knew that like I, I wasn't good at like trusting anyone else to get it done just the way I wanted it to get done. So instead of, and I didn't know how to manage. I'm 24 years old. You don't right. know how to manage people. Especially like, when you've right. never been told no. And this is when I knew, even then, this is when I knew that it wasn't that we were in trouble. Because the very first time, and I think this may have even been before Miguel came down, um, but your mom came to visit. And in mm-hmm. my and th- things had only started to get kind of rocky between us. And I was just like, oh, good. Whoo. His mom is coming down. You know, I've heard a lot about Southern boys and their mamas, and Mm. they're not about to, like, you know, say anything crazy in front of their mom. So I was really excited, A, to meet her, and B, because I felt like, you know, you'd be super calm and whatnot when your mom was there. Oh, Uh, God. Not the case. Oh. So, <laughs> I've never heard this story. Ms. Nancy oh. calms down. Yeah, oh. and Holly, Holly can remember. I, I mean, honestly, I had her on the other day. I'm like, I don't know how you remember all these terrible things that I did because I don't even remember them. Because they were traumatic for me, Stephen. That's why mm, they sunk in my memory. What's traumatic to me was, like, non-memorable for you, and that's just how it works. Right, and, like, some right. of the you – you know how you guys m- remember way more uh, stuff about radio and particular bits and, like – places sure. and things and I don't remember so much of that stuff it must not have been that memorable with, to me at the time mm. so like you remember what really sticks with you right. or sure. makes you sure. feel something mm. so I remember when sure. Ms. Nancy came down mm. and I was like oh Steve is gonna get his his mom's <laughs> and like the first thing that I knew was that like you're I don't remember I don't remember exactly what but like she came in the studio and I was like hey and like she was like, hello, St-. you know how she is so nice. Mm-hmm. And you were like, Mom, I'm so busy right now. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the air got sucked out of the room. I was like, Oh shit! He just told his mama. Oh my and god. And of course, in the sweetest possible way, she's like, I'm so sorry, baby. I'll just wait out here. And I was like, We are in trouble. SOS. His own mother doesn't even have control. Jesus. And so. So that's when I realized mm. you had never been told no. And that's just that's just how it is. Cause your mom is like the most gentle, kind hearted woman. And so right. um mm. and I believe one hundred percent that's what it is, is that no one ever, you know, confronted you or, or had, you know, given you pushback on anything. So when I did, it was almost like who is this bitch? Like, what? Who is this right. bitch from Ohio thinks she is? And, mm. I mean, I didn't know anything about doing a radio show, but I knew, you know, just in a human capacity that I didn't like something that was going on. I'm going to voice it. And you were like, that's not how that works. Mm. So it's just right. we, that's, that's cute. That's that's the thing. Right. Thanks for trying. Exactly. <laughs> and I was just so confused. And so um, I think those were some of the seeds that that had been planted that gave us this this rocky history. Wow. And so it was sort sure. of just like destined to be uh, a, a, a hard time. Yeah. 
Um, but I think, though, too, and I've said this before, Stephen, to you, that, I mean, I understand the pressure now that you were under, but I think, and this is why I've told um, Scott this, is that, like, slow your roll and, like, experience what you're doing now and yeah. learning from my mistakes now because if I were – if if the roles were reversed and I were in your shoes back then, Kramer, I probably would have been just as aggressive uh, because I now see it, how it's like when you have this certain thought in your head about how things are supposed to go. Yeah. Like when I plan the show every day, in my head, I know exactly how it's supposed to go from A, B, C, right. D. And then I realize as soon as I hit the on button and we start at 6 a.m., it's never going to go the way I, I thought it was. And when I first started hosting back in 2013 in Panama City, I realized that very quickly when we worked with Mandy that, like, it wasn't ever going to be what I thought it because was. Because it's a living, breathing thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not Absolutely. Static. But yeah. then, because I had the fortune of starting hosting when I was 29 as opposed to 23. And you had already had experience. Right. I was like, all right, well, cool. Like, if, you know... Holly doesn't get the tease or Scott doesn't have the audio or I hit the wrong button. It's not the end of the world. But when you're 23 and you have all of that on your shoulders, yeah. you think it is the end. Of right. The world. And you're like, Holy shit, Holly, where the fuck was that team? Right, right. I'm right. acting I'm acting like we're on like you know, we're like CNN Atlanta and like, right. you know, we just fucked up the presidential address over here. Pretty much. Right. Meanwhile, we literally may have had a total of like forty seven people listening in like the world's smallest market. But to me, yeah. It could not have been more important. Like right. that, that, that tease being fucked up. I mean, literally, I was so controlling that I wouldn't even let Holly write her own teases. I was like, no, no, these are all terrible. And I think she probably <laughs> just got tired of me being like, that was terrible. Yeah. And then so she was just like, okay, fine. Like, just fucking write the tease then. I'll just fucking read the tease. Fine. Yeah, no, I mean, not, that did help, by the way, because I didn't know how to write teases. But like, when I would try, you'd be like, no, it's terrible. So I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Just why don't you do it? So I get there early to like get all my shit together, and then I would have to like give you all a shit and be like, just write teases, please. But <laughs> yeah. you didn't write them. Yeah. I had to like dictate. So like you would like be saying it out loud. I'm trying to type as fast as I could, and I'd be like, wait, I missed a word. And you're like, God, I can't slow down. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I don't but have time for this right now. I know. I've got so I'm like on this major market morning show. Yes. For, for so this, I'm like trying to type in shorthand as fast as I could. I was like, did the pretty spirit. So, but that helps me write teases. So I've always, I always credit you with helping me become a better teaser. And then everybody's like, oh, Holly's so good at teases. I'm like, no, I'm not. Y'all, yeah, shut the fuck up. I know the truth. <laughs> I know I'm terrible. Y'all lying ass bitches. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot today. But anyway, like. That's all right. So, but I give you credit for people at least falsely or not thinking that I'm a good tease writer. So it, it helps. Well here's what I here's what I say. And this and this is like a bigger, a bigger picture thing. This is not just a you know, a me or a Holly or a Miguel or even you listening, like looking at even bigger pictures of like, let's just say uh, uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart 10 years ago said something that nowadays is totally racist or inappropriate mm. or whatever. Right. I, I always have the same comment every time to that, which is if you don't look back on yourself and embarrassed of things you said or did 10 years ago, then you're probably not growing fast enough as a person. Just period. Mm, you know, right? You're right. you're still the same asshole you were ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, like have so, you grown at all? I, you know, when I sit here and I, I am I'm berated on this podcast. I really like. There's a part of me though that smiles about that because I I am happy. I can't imagine any of us 
acting the way that, especially me, that we did mm. back in the day. We're all completely different human beings. Like, even just watching you guys grow up. Right. You know, like, right. we are all such different humans and such better humans than we were mm. 10 years ago. Scott, you're still an asshole, but it's okay. You're, you're, you're. <laughs> yeah, I feel really, yeah. Um, you got time. That's all right. <laughs> Be an asshole now while you have time because okay. you can't pull that off when you're, when you're 30-something. Oh, good. No. no. Yeah, right. Because right. then it's just embarrassing at that point. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's totally true. So what do you think, if you have to look back, like if you could go back and tell Stephen who walked out of that radio station in January when you were let go, and now we're sitting here seven months later, what would you tell him? Uh, you're going you're gonna to be okay, but you're just going to be a little broke for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you got, you're going to be all right. Like You're going to get through it, but like you mm. know, that mortgage is going to come up. It's good you save that money, <laughs> especially in uh, California, girl. Because oh, you're probably going to need it. I mean, I don't. My a really quick backstory of uh, Holly and I have very similar similar stories in the sense that, like, our our last three or four years have been just shit. It's I mean, just been one thing after a damn another, and it almost gets uh, to be embarrassing because how many times can you go out and be like, "I'm having a rough time, guys," and people are like, "Still." <laughs> Jesus. Right. I know. Like, you almost feel bad. I mean, actually, I can, Miguel, I, we could laugh about this now because it's kind of funny, but I would have, I would have conversations with Miguel about radio maybe five, six years ago. And I'd be like, man, I kind of feel bad because, like, there's nothing really to, to feel bad about my character for. Because in radio, you always want to, like, show your vulnerable side, right? right. And be able right. to, like, open up the hard experiences. I never had a fucking hard experience mm -hmm. to open up about ever. Like there was oh, never yeah. a time mm -hmm. that anybody should ever feel bad for me or be able to relate to me because my life was so fucking perfect. Um, and then, yeah. So then I went through a divorce and just some other like stuff I've never even talked about yet that mm. has just happened over the last three years, a job loss and the divorce has just been crazy, crazy, crazy. I think what these kind of things do for you, like if when I finally did lose my job and, Again, we'll talk about, like, complete shock. I was sitting there actually being uh, – talk about being a dick. I was sitting there talking to my co-host because we knew the company was making cuts. You could mm -hmm. see it, like, coming across the country, right? Mm -hmm. And she looked at me. And she's like, you're not worried for you, are you? And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> all these other dummies. Like, <laughs> like, I'm a little bit worried about this guy over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally was naming names of people I thought they, they could fire in the building and it wouldn't matter. Oh my God! Um, wow! Truly, I really—I was like, well, maybe this person or maybe this person, but not us. Like uh, we're the best. We're good. Um, uh, so it was humbling, but I—I mm. um, <laughs> I think what happens is that you do go through. I couldn't have had this insight, but I think when I did get let go in January, I didn't have to tell myself anything. Looking back, I still have the same mindset of like, mm. you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah, like this right. is going to be an obstacle that you're going to, you're going to, it's going to suck. And from it though, something really cool is going to come. I thought when I got divorced back in 2018, I literally thought I was going to die. Mm. There were so many days where I felt suicidal. I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. Like I thought right. that was, literally was going to be the death of me, but through that now three, almost uh, two and a half year transformation, I've become such a happier, healthier, wholer person. Like one that that person, you know, that was, thought they were so happily married, 
could never have imagined becoming. So wow. I have to look at it the same way of, yeah, it's going to suck, and there's going to be speed bumps, and you're going to be broke as fuck. Uh, you're you're going to be you're going to be selling T-shirts uh, just to you know just to try to make ends meet. But I've never honestly felt more creative. Mm. I mean, probably since the Panama City days. I'm like my creativity, my hustle, my drive. It's like bringing all that stuff out of me that I kind of felt like I ha- I was losing a little bit. And so I, I guess I, I didn't quite see that coming, mm. but just knowing that like when you do go through these hard times, from my experience, everything that I thought was going to be the worst thing ever has really brought out other qualities of me that's made me just a bigger, better person. Proud of you. I'm that's really amazing. proud of you because that's true across the board. Yeah, and I'm really proud to see that you've come through the hard stuff enough to see that perspective. Right. Well, I can tell you. I want. I want to brag on Holly uh, for just one second because, and I get so many comments on one of the episodes that I did for my podcast. It's episode six. If you want to go listen to it, I'm certified mom's boy. Plug. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> get the man, girl. Uh, I remember that it was shortly after my divorce. Now, after my divorce, I also, I, I kind of went through this crazy, uh, crazy, I think everyone that does, you kind of lose your mind for a second. And I decided to go out and I did Molly for the first time. Oh. And it, it literally, this that's episode number, <laughs> I don't know, just look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, I did Molly for the first time and some people's bodies can't handle any kind of uh, illicit drugs, like, even like with weed, like weed even makes me feel a little uncomfortable. So like doing Molly, which for those who don't know, is kind of like ecstasy. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it fucked me up. Basically long story short, I uh, went through a, it took me about 14 months for my brain to recover its serotonin level. So I went Jesus. to this terrible, deep, dark depression. Well, and this was right after, this is like two months after my wife, had left. So I'm in this, I mean, I literally go to work. I fake a smile for a couple hours just to be, Hey everybody, I hop back into radio person. Don't worry. It's always in you. Um, and then I come home and just lay in bed. And I remember one day I'm laying here in bed and it's so bad. Like it's so bad. And all of a sudden I get a text from Holly and she shared this article with me about the, the waves of grief and it's Holly. Have you ever shared it before? Yeah, I I shared it with one other friend who was going through. You know, and what's funny is that it's actually for people going through the grieving process of death. Mm, like if right. someone close to them dies. But in my experience, when you go through a divorce, you are going through the grieving process of a death, and that is sure. the death of that relationship. And that might be for a breakup or a divorce or whatever the case may be. So I've shared that with you, and I've shared it with another friend who was going through a divorce as well. I, uh, it really resonated with me because I just realized that, like, because I, I was feeling that. I was definitely feeling like I'd have a good day, but then, like, this big wave would come, you know? It would just, like, like knock me over where I felt like I'm never going to get back up. This is going to be awful. But there's that idea resonated with me, and I, I needed that so bad in that moment. So now fast forward, what, two years later, I've now shared that on my podcast, that, that story. And mm. so many people have been like, oh, my gosh, no matter what the grieving process that you're going through – uh, it's, it's meant a lot to a lot of people. So I thank you for that. Like wow. we've all kind of 
been there for one another. I know we hear all these stories. We're so crazy. We're all yelling and shit, blah, blah, blah. Like Miguel and Holly have been there for me through thick and thin, like good days, bad days. I'm a dick. They still show up. I go to the radio station. I say, we're all quitting. They say, no, we're not. We get in a huge fight. <laughs> and then we still come in the, to the, work the next fucking day. Yeah. They're, they're genuinely the nicest, like most authentic human beings that I've ever, friendships, anything like family members. They really are my family. They're amazing, good people. And so I know it was a crazy time, but I'm so thankful for you two just as life. I wouldn't have even been in morning radio if it wasn't for Miguel. I was t- I remember Miguel, we were in Savannah and mm-hmm. they offered me this shitty little job in, in Panama city, Florida. And I'm like, I'm not going, there's no way I'm going. And Miguel's like, you got to go do it. I remember like, okay, that. Fine. And, and it's just like, it set me on this trajectory. So I'm all, I will always say that I'm so thankful for you guys. And then apologize profusely for all the different things I've done to you. It's okay. It's oh, okay. please believe. I'll be hanging that over your head until we're dead. Oh. Um, oh, I know. Well, but, I'm really, by the way, I'm really glad that you got that out of it because I never know how it's going to hit. Yeah. Uh, but it, it helped me so much because there was a time in my life when I was going through um, a heartbreak and I felt like I was dying. Like mm. I just felt yeah. like I couldn't breathe. Mm. And I, I think I've talked about this maybe on the podcast before, but at the time that I was going through the heartbreak, it felt like I had an open wound in my chest mm. that could not close and my right. life force was pouring out of it. Mm. Right. And it was just brutal. And so when I came across that article that I sent you, it gave me hope like, okay, so this describes what I'm feeling. Maybe I will continue to go through the rest of the thing and feel okay on the other end. And I did. Like we all do. Yeah. But in the moment, you you don't know that. Do you know you're what like the, a float. Do you remember what the name of the article is in case someone's listening that wants to... It's like no, but but I I can direct you to the Certify Model oh. Podcast episode number. <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, I I do want to say though that I'll find know, it and we'll put it somewhere. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, you can always hit Holly up at Radio Holly on her Insta. And she can uh, slide it to you. Or uh, is it still the Steve Kramer on Insta? No, I'm that guy Kramer again. I brought the that guy Kramer brand back. So ah, that. that guy Kramer. Um, but like. It's sort of been talking about how like we're a family even all through all these years later, you know, like you're one of those people that like if something in like my radio world is like upsetting me or I don't I can't focus or I don't know, like you're the first person I call because I still look up to you like you when I got to college at Georgia Southern from my two year school. And I was like, I just want to do radio. I want to do radio. Like, and you were the guy that was interning at a real radio station in Savannah. You were running our student radio station. So I've always looked up to you. Like, you to me, you're always that person who I may not agree with you all the time. But, like, to me, you always have the answers. Like, mm. that's how I've always looked up to you. I look up to Holly as, like, you always have the answer if I don't know. And I've always been so appreciative that in my radio journey, I've always had that to fall back on if I'm in a tough spot or I have a decision to make and I don't know which way to go. I know that if I call one of you, that's sort of like my 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 northern light. That's my guiding light. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, the <laughs> the best thing with Miguel because Miguel and I are such radio nerds. Like I always know it's going to be good because we always start the text conversation with girl. <laughs> Yes. Yes. That's, like, that's all it says. And that's when I know there's going to be some radio gossip about to happen. I'm like, oh, tell me everything. Yes, honey. I love that tea. I love it. All right. Well, we got to get out of here because our vacation starts as soon as we end this.
All right, that's it. That's all we got for today. I, um, I'm going to go rest, if that's cool with you. And then tomorrow we'll come back and hopefully have just a regular episode. Uh, make sure you vote for us for the Podcast Hot 50. Podcast Magazine Hot 50? Yeah, Podcast Magazine Hot 50. Really appreciate that. You want to leave a five-star review, I'd love that too. And we will see you back here tomorrow. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.